Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good Wednesday afternoon and welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast. It's Jeremy Warner and Derek Piper with you. Talking Illini hoops at 1 p.m. Wednesday in the afternoon, and we figured if Illinois fans are going to show up by the thousands on a Wednesday afternoon or Tuesday afternoon, whatever it was, to watch Illinois basketball from Spain, a live stream, they can show up to talk about what we learned from Spain for the live stream. So how are you, Derek? You ready for some some hoops chat here on August 16th? Very ready. Yes, I'm doing well and uh, creeping up towards football season. That's what I'm gearing up for as a Bears fan, getting unreasonably excited Illinois football it's going to be a big season as well but uh hoops is always hot for uh, Illini fans and especially when you have a trip to talk about so uh, let's get to it for sure. yeah I want to get into it do you have any hot uh, Bears takes at the moment I've uh you know I've been listening a little bit wasn't able to watch because I was at uh practice and covering things but uh Justin Fields throwing for minus seven yards but going for three touchdowns uh in the air I should say I mean that's encouraging for me that he has playmakers um I'm excited to actually be competitive and to, to see weapons around a, a talented quarterback who, who still has some question marks. Yeah, I mean, DJ Moore has got a chance to be a legit number one receiver, a guy that went over 1,000 yards pretty regularly there in Carolina and didn't have the best of quarterback play. So I uh, hope Chase Claypool can stay healthy and actually live up to his physical talents. But I'm excited about, like you said, the weapons they put around him. Uh, I thought they used him well second half of the season, like, gearing towards his strengths with his running ability and I'm going to be way too overly invested in that week one Packers game I just know it I'll be going in expecting to win because number four in Favre and number 12 in Rodgers neither one of those guys are showing up uh, but I'll also know in the back of my mind that the, the Packers do own us until proven otherwise yeah and, and we just uh, are conditioned to assume they got another one uh, that's going to be awesome but uh, I gotta say watching Aaron Rodgers be cool on uh, hard knocks is, is a lot better when he's in a Jets jersey for me yeah. uh, it's yeah. been a little bit more entertaining in, in that way um, yeah I think defensive line wise defense I got some questions um, offensive line can they protect him well enough we're still a year away from, from actual contention but this is the fun year, Derek, because we don't have a lot of expectations other than Justin Fields, please be good. Uh, playmakers, please be good. And then the rest we could potentially fix. But if we're good, it's like one of those surprise years, kind of like the Cubs are having. Like that, Those are some of the most fun years you can have as a fan. Yeah, it, it is that that year before the real expectations probably really set in. I, I like the secondary. I think there's a lot of talent yeah. in the back end. Eddie Jackson actually had a pretty nice season last year. The young guys, Kyler Gordon, uh, you still have Jalen Johnson back there too, and but Jaquan Brisker as a safety that I'm excited about. Uh, get some linebackers and free agency, but up front, both sides, can they protect them? Can our our up front stop teams' rushing attacks? That's another thing. Uh, can get owned in the trenches. Uh, we did get. Uh, I'm probably going to mispronounce his name, but Unique Ngakwe. That's right. Well done. Did I do it right. Yeah. Uh, can you give us? Close to double digit sacks are getting there in that range. Yeah, it's one of those you just it's one of those have fun seasons. And it's of course more fun when you got a chance to to win and maybe be relevant, but it's yeah. a division that's kinda of up for grabs now. And I'm gonna sit back and enjoy the ride. I've also put a big circle around Illinois at Kansas. I think I'm 
really, really intrigued by that matchup, and I just can't wait to watch it. Yeah, uh, I got a lot of things I could do there. Uh, I'm more like invested in Carolina being terrible than the Bears being really good uh, this year because I want that draft pick to be really high. Uh, and then Illinois, yeah, I'm sitting here. I'm like trading thoughts back and forth. I, I got to make my season prediction, Derek. And uh, the pressure is now on me, but uh, I'll, I'll give the four to you. We don't we don't ask you a lot about Illinois football here in the pod. So give me your thoughts, your your prediction, whatever you got for Illinois football in the next two minutes before we switch to basketball. I mean, I'm going to say defensively, I went in last season. You, you lost a couple of pieces. I'm like, surely this will not be the same caliber of defense. They'll take a slight step back, and then they were the number one scoring defense in the country. So I'm not going to uh, doubt too much. Yes, Ryan Walters was a big part of that, but Brett Bielema's ability with that front seven, that should be pretty strong. Concerned about the back end, but you're playing in the Big Ten. Like You're not in the Big 12 where it's a bunch of air raid and stuff uh, that you're going to see week in and week out. So I, I think that that – is something you can make up for. And then, I mean, the, the idea, though, offensively, a new quarterback, I love DeVito's just he, – he was a known commodity, high completion percentage, thought he made good decisions. I think Luke Altmaier is going to make more mistakes. And then replacing Chase Brown is going to be a, a high high task. So uh, I think it's a bold team. Uh, I'm maybe not as bullish on, on some. Some are – you know, my boy on the radio, Lante, has already convinced himself. I think he does this every year that Illinois is going to win the – Hey. Big Ten West, but uh, I'd say seven wins, six, seven wins. That's kind of the range I'm in. All right. All right. That's, uh, yeah, that's a lower man uh, on Illinois football right I now. Know. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in that range where I could make people really happy or make people, ah, that, that's all you're doing. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of close games in, in the Big Ten West, and uh, Illinois has got some question marks that, that need to be answered a little bit. I do think they'll be pretty solid in the Big Ten West, so we'll talk more about that later. People tuning in for Illinois basketball talk. And Illinois does the sweep, unlike in Italy. Derek, they didn't have Andres Fleece and Kofi Coburn in Italy, uh, but they have a full roster here besides Marcus Domask, and they take care of business with three wins. Uh, so how'd they do, Derek? How would you grade the trip? I think overall, and you do got to give some qualifiers here. We only got to see one of the three games, so that that is something we got to take into account. I think overall the competition wasn't great. I do know that the Valencia game, which we did watch via stream, was one that they kind of pinpointed as this is probably our biggest test. Well, three of the I, I got some more information. We were wondering this is this can't be the same team that took Nebraska to the wire. Yes, Nebraska without Tomanaga. Actually, it seemed like, or I'd been told that three, maybe Valencia's top three players were playing in the FIBA three on three. So they left for in between those matchups, did not play against Illinois, and then Illinois uh, blew the doors off of them. So, uh, and then the final game, I think they thought was their best game collectively. Uh, the, the competition wasn't great. Uh, I don't think they felt like the Madrid All Star team that they went into this fourth quarter trailing by was a great team. Illinois just didn't play all that well. So all that being said, I would say probably a, a C plus, C plus, B minus. And again, it's hard to, to fully know without having seen everything. Um, yes, we'll get into some of the concerns, which definitely you look at the box scores and the, the team shooting percentages and that kind of thing. But uh, you came away healthy. That's right. Uh, you were able to get a lot of guys – a lot of minutes. You spread it out pretty well. Uh, I think some of the the young guys, in particular, Monty Hansberry, uh, played great. And you, you showed some of your depth too. So, yeah. um, I, I think that it was probably a C plus, B minus. But obviously, Brad Underwood probably be able to give a better grade on how he feels as well. Yeah, and I think uh, this is only a positive. Uh, even if you would have lost uh, that first game or whatever, Derek, it's a positive when you can get this many practices. It feels like half the Big Ten was was on these trips this year. But to get those 10 practices with a team with so many newcomers, uh, I know Marcus Domask was not a part of that, but just to be around each other for that long and to get this experience I, I think is great as well. But a lot of minutes for a lot of these guys playing with each other I, I think is – I just don't think we should discount that. That's that's the biggest part of all of this is just the experience together, whether it's through practice or through these three games. Absolutely. Yeah, and you get to tinker with different lineup pairings. You get to see what it looks like when uh, Draven Gibbs-Lawhorn starts a game at point guard versus you know, Ty Rogers is going to get his minutes at point as well. And uh, just watching some of that chemistry build. But 
Uh, and then you see each other so much in those summer five on five it's just to see somebody else and, and kind of just start to create that us against somebody else dynamic the team chemistry and fighting through a game-like environment and yeah i mean you look at the the end of the end of the trip you you won by an average margin of 30 points you, you mm-hmm. didn't have to have too many close calls tight moments and that kind of a sense but uh i think that in terms of brad mentioning his final statement after the the final game there in, in barcelona like starting to pinpoint some of the characteristics of what this team should be is a good rebounding team, a team that can uh, be disruptive defensively and get out in transition. They were able to do those type of things. And uh, it's, it is a learning experience on the court. It's a great experience off the court yeah. of what they get to go out and see and do and just bond together as a team. And uh, all in all, I think anybody going on a trip like this in August takes a good amount of value and hopes to roll it into the fall. All right, based on the one game we were able to see and based on the box scores, Derek, what was the biggest positive Illinois showed as a team in Spain? I think depth is is probably a good place to start. I think there are a couple of different areas I could go with this, but I, I do like the depth of this team where they can play nine, ten guys. You throw Damask in that mix, and, and yes, you're going to ultimately play everybody on this kind of a trip, but we've talked about before, I think the front court's got a chance to just have a ton of ability to, to pair different guys together, whether you want to play Coleman at the five and, and slot Gary at the four or Damascus can play the four, Lou Goody can play the four, play Dane there who, who played pretty well uh, over in Spain and is a guy that we definitely aren't forgetting about in this mix because he's he, you play differently when Dane's on the core. He's a guy you can throw the ball into back to the basket, pair him with Coleman at the four or again, some of those other guys that can slot in there at the mix as, as well. And, Amani Hansberry made sure with his stat lines mm-hmm. that he's someone that, yes, has traffic in front of him. Yes, he's a freshman. Looked pretty good and was very productive. And, I, I mean, we talked a lot of, you know, and during the recruitment and after Illinois landed him, how much I I love his game. I love his potential, what he can develop into. So I, I really like that part of, of Illinois in terms of what they can do in the front court. I think they got a lot of other pieces, wing and guard. Yes, point guard is, is something that is still very unproven, but – uh, I just like the number of guys that can throw at people. I think it, it plays into if you want to play a faster tempo, you can throw more guys out there, keep guys fresh. You can play through foul trouble. Uh, and then just to kind of maybe go some subheaders here, I, I do think that rebounding was something that really stood out. Look at their offensive rebounding numbers. I mean, they got back 51% of their misses, which, yes, they just were able to overwhelm people on the glass with their physicality, their athleticism. Uh, I think that's a, a strength, and they they turn people over a lot. I don't think that's something that they're necessarily going into this season saying we're going to be a yeah. a super high turnover defense. But when you have athleticism and, and some pretty darn good individual defenders, you, you are able to play that into fast break points, and they did that uh, on this trip as well. Yeah, I, I was chatting with uh, our boy Trotter and a few other people yesterday about um, you know offensively, like that, that's going to be a concern we talk about here, but. What's their offense? For me, on this trip, it was offensive rebound and get steals and go in transition because this team in transition is ridiculous. I mean, Terrence Shannon, we saw Dre Gibbs-Wallhorn with maybe the plays you've said of the uh, the trip with his windmill dunk, Justin Harmon, Sincere Harris, um, Coleman Hawkins, Quincy Gary. This is a big athletic team. They are freight trains in transition. And Derek, they need to do that. They need to dominate the glass, um, and they need to to get some steals and, and, and turn that into offense. Because I think it's easy offense for a team that I expect is not going to have consistent offense. Yeah, half court could be an issue when you think about trying to have Ty Rogers settle into that role and need him to be able to facilitate. And and if you're not playing him on the ball at points, probably uh, Draven Gibbs Lawhorn. I'd say Terrence can't initiate some offense and stuff like that but it's just uh this team's more built to play kind of in that open court and they got a number of slashers that can go to the basket and i think a guy like luke goody can run to the wing run to the corner damask can spot up uh coleman can be kind of that trailer guy and uh they're able to to get out and go and uh they're not going to be able to physically overwhelm and athletically overwhelm teams as much as they did on this trip you go into the big 10 i mean they can do that we've seen it with Wisconsin, Wisconsin, why Illinois has been a tough one for them here recently is because they've just been more athletic for them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it helps when you have an All-American and, and Kofi, All-American IO, but uh, just that kind of profile that Illinois has upgraded their athleticism, that's just given some teams some problems. 
but there's no doubt they, they can get up and down. Uh, I do think opportunistic defense in terms of trying to get those steals to be able to play that way in fast in fast break is is something they should look to do because it, it can kind of take away from some of what we're going to talk about here in terms of weaknesses yeah. in the shooting and some of the point guard play. All right, before we talk about the concerns, I want to bring up our guys at Homefield. They're a premium collegiate apparel brand based in Indianapolis. And what I love about this brand, I think Derek has a few of these shirts. I have a few of these shirts, man. They're so comfortable, and they have the best design. They go back. They're all about authenticity and nostalgia. And they go back, they find the most unique uh, logos, designs of each school, their mascots and iconic moments to create thoughtfully designed apparel. The Ringer T, I know our boy Brad Evans has the orange Ringer T here. They got the script Illinois. They got the 0405 Illinois, the underline. They got the 80s Illini football helmet. Uh, it's fantastic stuff. The flying Illini shirt as well. I have one of those. And incredibly comfortable and really good design. I'm telling you guys, give their site a look. It's not the typical Illinois gear you usually see. You can find them at homefieldapparel.com where you can see their selection of colleges available. And guess what? Our listeners get 15% off their first order with discount code Illini23. 15% off your first order at homefieldapparel.com with discount code Illini23. It's the perfect apparel to get you ready for the upcoming season. So check them out. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, Derek, let's talk about the concerns. And it's it's all on offense, isn't it, with this team? Shot their 20% from three. Derek, uh, you crunched the numbers out of here in, in the free throw shooting wasn't much better so what of that is is your biggest concern uh both but i I think three-point shooting is something you look at for sure as a team it was well documented you know 335th last year out of 363 division one teams and three-point shooting percentage and that was between 30 and 31 percent obviously 20 percent would be the worst in the country i'm not saying they're going to do that across the the course of an entire season uh, yes, you were missing Marcus Damask, who can be one of your better three-point shooters, but it, it's got to be better. You, you got to be able to be having defenses go out to the, the line and respect you. Otherwise, lanes are clogged up for Terrence Shannon. You're going to be able to crash in on Dane Danger when he has the ball in the post. And you just have some non-shooters like a Ty Rogers. Sincere Harris was willing to take threes. He didn't make them. Uh, even Terrence who's a guy who's been kind of streaky as a, a three-point shooter and at least he was last year I think a big question as you look for him being you know an alpha dog as, as can he be a first team all-american like he shot a career high 38 percent from three his last season at Texas Tech yes it was more of a, a spot-up role he wasn't asked to do as much in terms of being the one uh scoring option number one but uh last year he's 31 percent on the season sub 30 percent in Big Ten play and across the board, Illinois just really struggles shooting the three. You're three for 25 in that first game right off the bat. I do think it's it's of note, and I'm not I'm not making excuses for him, but uh, it is different. It's not it's not apples to apples like an in season trip to Vegas, right. how you prepare for a game versus going to Spain. So like I think it's notable that 
you know, you're in Vegas, you're there the day before the game, T-Mobile Arena, you practice. Then day of the game, you come up, you have a shoot around, and then you, you return and you, you play the game. Here in, in, on these foreign trips, you show up and play the game. You don't practice in between. You go on tours and you, you eat fancy dinners and whatever. Um, so there, there is some of that needs to have the, the context of, of the, the shooting numbers, but also at the same time, this is a team that needs to shoot the ball a lot better than last year. Right. It, it has to happen. And then the free throw line, you know, Dane's a 50% free throw shooter. Ty didn't shoot great from the line. It was a little bit better down the stretch of the trip than on the front end. And 60% from the line would have been dead last in the country last year. Like Minnesota was 62%, worse in the country at the free throw line. Illinois is 60% on this trip. So those are those are supposed to be free points that were not nearly free enough for Illinois last year. And you wonder if that's going to be an issue. Because combine it all together, it, let's say this team is not much improved, if at all, from three yeah. or the free throw line, and they got point guard questions. That team's not going anywhere. <laughs> Yeah, they're not going – like, they can win some games, get to the tournament, but they're not going deep. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And, listen, I think Domas can help. I don't think he's some 45% three-point shooter is going to fix all your problems, right? I mean, it is three games. It's a small sample size, but it's 20%. That That's alarming. That's yeah. an alarmingly low percentage. The free throws I think I might be more concerned about, though, because 79 threes is too many. Like, this team should not be shooting 25 threes a game like they were last year. Like, they shot too many threes last year because um, they were bad at it. But free throws, they should get a lot of free throws, Derek. And that's easy points, but they don't make them. Like that, and then those turn into basically kind of turnovers. So uh, I'm really concerned about that. Like, I don't ever, I don't expect danger to be great. Rodgers did show some improvement late uh, in this trip. But that has me concerned because Ty Rogers can get to the free throw line a lot. Dane Danger gets to the free throw line a lot. Sincere Harris needs to make free throws moving forward if he wants to play. Um, so that's that's a huge concern for me because I do think this team, as physical as they are, as good as they'll be in the glass, they're going to get a lot of free throw attempts. Can't shoot 17 for 31. No. And, like, Quincy Guerrier is someone that you expect to get after on the offensive glass. That usually leads to some fouls inside. He only shot – four for 10 from the line on this trip. And I do like the Terrence. I mean, Terrence is darn near an 80% free throw shooter. You look over the cro- the course of his collegiate career, a guy that is obviously getting fouled a lot. I don't worry at all about him going to the free no. throw line and making them. But beyond that, guys that will be at the line, like you said, Ty, Dane, uh, Gary has got to make them better. Like, But Dane is 50%. Ty was below that last year. Sincere small sample size I think he was what two of ten on the season maybe from the free throw line last year uh those are things that yeah they, they can kill you they're, they're essentially turnovers yeah. they're, they're turnovers um in a, in a lot of senses and even Coleman Hawkins like Coleman Hawkins has talked I know Brad has his uh hyperbole sometime he's an elite and whatnot and uh has said that Coleman's an elite shooter really he's been only about a 60 to 62 percent free throw shooter in his career. And I know that the numbers from three obviously are below 30% on, on average too, but um, from the free throw line, he should be better. Like yeah. the way that his, his stroke looks pretty smooth and it comes off pretty well. Like you would think he shoots it more efficiently at the line. Those are things that can really, you're, you're already probably baking in some either youth at point guard or an experience or both. Then you got some three point woes potentially. And if you're missing free throws too, like that can kill you. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, turn to more positive things. Who's your most encouraging individual on the Spain trip for Illinois basketball? I think it was Imani Hansberry. I, I think there are a couple of candidates that you could pick, and I'll I talk about maybe some other guys that impressed me. But Hansberry, to finish as strong as he did, to have a double-double in his final game and in, in that uh, one against the Catalonia All-Stars, you look at his averages, he's about – 11 points, six or seven rebounds a game. He owned the offensive glass. You know, that Valencia game had nine boards and eight of them were on the offensive glass. So it's a guy that just plays with a great motor. Uh, we talked about just how hard he plays. I think he's a, a dirty work guy, a scrapper around the basket, going to really embrace that. Uh, I thought that when I watched the early part of the Valencia game, it did look like some finishes around the basket. Maybe it's someone that a year away from really having that grown man strength that Fletch is going to put on him to really – be fully effective but his finishing numbers in terms of percentages I think he shot 60 to 63 percent from the field you certainly like that I, and I just think that he 
he bolsters that front court depth so much more if, if he can be relied upon to go yeah. in there and and steal some minutes or push some guys like if, if Gary is having a rough stretch for whatever reason you can throw Hansberry in there if somebody gets in foul trouble it's Coleman or Dane Hansberry can be a, a part of that mix so I think in general as a freshman who you wonder just how many minutes he would get I liked what I saw from him. I know we've mentioned this before, but it bears repeating. I love this front court depth. Like you mentioned depth, but the front court, especially like this feels like the deepest, most physical front court Illinois has had since Bill Self was here, since they had Archibald, Kripalia, Lucas Johnson, Marcus Griffin. Like they have four or five guys that you can throw into this game and feel comfortable with. Like I don't worry about foul trouble. You know, Zach Eady, you worry about guarding, but there's not many other big-time big men or post groups I'm worried about competing with on the glass and everything. I just think you have a lot of versatility, a lot of bodies, a lot of good players in that front court. Um, and I, I think it's really, really encouraging uh, what they have in that front court. And I think Amani Hansberg can play. It's just, do they need him to play a lot? Probably not, but I, I do think he can go in there and play. And I think that's where Gary Air gives you some versatility of can he guard threes? He can play some small ball five. Like Brad Underwood's got, he's got a good thing in that front court. I think. Absolutely, uh, and we know. I mean, in any given year in the Big Ten, it's great to have that strength up front. And you know, it's a physical game. You know, some guys can put some fouls on you, like a Zach Eady, and just to throw multiple bodies at you. I mean, we we've come back to it many a times. I mean, Michigan State has done that throughout the the course of Tom Izzo's time there in East Lansing is just having a bunch of physical dudes up front and a lot of guys to, to really throw at yeah. you in that mix. And, and you want Amani to be ready to play some minutes. Let's we, we are in the transfer portal era. It's a guy that is thought to be, should be a cornerstone piece for this program going forward. Thought to be like a four-year guy, uh, was a big recruiting win for Illinois to pull off. And You'd hope to get him some minutes, let him be in the mix. And you're not going to force it. You're not going to say, all right, well, it's against the betterment of the team, but we got to play this guy. But it's an ideal scenario. If he's ready to contribute, he's progressing the way that he is as a top 50, top 60 recruit. And then he he feels good about his long-term yeah. path forward at Illinois. So I think that's that's encouraging. Yeah, we, we talked a couple weeks ago after the open practice, Derek. I want to mention another guy here. Uh, I had questions about what this guy would be on this team. He was just kind of standing in the corner, not doing much. And I'm like, is that the best way to use him? Justin Harmon had a really good trip, really consistent trip. And you think about a team that needs consistent scoring, just needs a veteran presence. Justin Harmon had 30 points. Uh, he had 15 rebounds, a lot of steals. Uh, yep. plays defense that looked good and very few turnovers that was one of my biggest questions about him was his turnovers and he wasn't good from three he was always six from three that's a concern for a team that needs three-point shooting uh but that performance was was encouraging for me after seeing a practice where he just wasn't involved a lot was just kind of standing in the corner um they need it they, they, they need somebody like that that can be a consistent guy who can give you six to 12 points a game yeah, he would have been my second choice in terms of most encouraging. And, and coaches lo love known commodities. They, they love when they can count on a guy for a certain – maybe it, the stat lines will vary game in and game out a little bit. But, I mean, his stat line was pretty much the same game in and game out throughout this trip. He was anywhere from 8 to 10 points, 5 rebounds or so, a couple assists, a couple of steals. He led the team in steals with 7. Uh, he just is a very active – hard-nosed veteran guard that he's in the mix and, and I've mentioned it multiple times in competition for minutes the guy like Drake Draven Gibbs Lawhorn and uh, Sincere Harris he, he's just more experienced as those guys and uh, Gibbs Lawhorn's stat lines he didn't shoot it very well and he maybe looked like a freshman and you have Sincere who's offensively challenged and uh, Harmon can just be a steadying presence you would hope in that backcourt and I, I just liked I'm not going to give him – it's way too early, and he may never even live up to like an Andres Feliz type, but I just think yeah. uh, type of, of role or impact, I mean, that's a, that's a high bar. But can I, I think Andres, what he developed into for Illinois was just – you could trust him to ha come in, impact some scoring, go to the glass, just be a veteran that you knew you could count on. And, and in an ideal world, Harmon is that for you. And he's played yeah. a lot of basketball, and he was – one of the standouts in the NIT for a reason. Yeah, he's not Ray J. Dennis, the dynamic ball handler slash scorer you need uh, or you'd like. 
Uh, he's not Antonio Reeves, who's a dead-eye shooter. So he's not maybe the ideal, but he can help you. Like, he, he can certainly help this team. I mean, is it is it bad to say, like, Terrence Chan and Coleman Hawkins were, were pretty good, pretty, uh, pretty encouraging individuals on this trip. Coleman just filling up the box score and – Terrence Shannon, they had to take him off the court just because so he wouldn't hurt these guys uh, over in <laughs> Spain, man. Yeah, I, I mean, he put up 15 a game, and that was only in like 17 minutes right. per game. And that Valencia, I'm glad we got to see that because it was takeover Terrence Shannon in the first half. 23 of his 25 was before halftime. Uh, so that was awesome to see his assertiveness, get out in transition, hits the consecutive threes. I, I did mention earlier. Is, that- is home field going to make a Barracuda shirt? Instead of the go. the beluga one, because uh, yeah, the barracuda. I kinda, I like that nickname from Underwood. That was, that was, good. That was pretty cool. <laughs> I, I mean, you got the barracuda and the kingfisher together. There you go. Oh no, I just went. The comments the are gonna go crazy now. Live pod in the sideways. The comments were a little were a little dead, so I had to get some things going. But um, yeah, I think that you know Terrence, you you know athletically he's going to be able to overwhelm a lot of people in college basketball he's going to be able to get out and go uh three-point shooting I, I think does need to be more consistent if you're really nitpicking if you're talking about if you want to talk about the difference between all big 10 versus can you reach that upper tier of are you an all-american that's really one of the big questions for him uh going forward coleman yeah. Uh, I, I liked just the balance of some of his stat lines, like just being able to do a little bit of everything. Like that Valencia game, I don't know off the top of my head, but it was a good amount of po- – it was, you know, seven, I, eight points. I got I it for you. Seven, po- seven points, nine rebounds, five assists, just one turnover. Yeah. Against Madrid, six points. One over four for three, but eight rebounds, only one turnover. Catalonia, 13 points, three of six from three, nine rebounds, two assists. Did have four turnovers in that mm-hmm. one, but just – contributing across the board that's what that's what coleman hawkins is i don't know if he's ever that 18 game guy like that's not who he right. is he's he makes his impact just by impacting every every aspect of the game yes i think that you do want him to be a little bit more aggressive especially in open shot situations he's gonna have to be more efficient for those for that aggressive to, aggressiveness to match the production but yeah, his greatest value has been and will continue to be just his ability to impact different areas of the game and being able to dish out a couple assists, be able to go get some rebounds, be able to make some effort plays, uh, defensively his versatility. I think that if you're looking for him to to pop up and, and score 15 to 20 uh, a handful of times a season, it's probably not going to happen. And again, I've mentioned just the shooting percentages. Those have to get better and until proven otherwise, he's just kind of a an average average shooter, if not sometimes below that. But uh, I do like just the diversity of his game. And uh, in that type of sense, you hope that Shannon is your your guy as your, your featured 15, 17, 20 in, in a given game. Coleman's going to give you double figures, and then you hope you have maybe two two other guys in double figures type of thing instead of it being 1A, 1B of, of that time of uh, point production. Four players in Illinois history have a triple-double. Coleman Hawkins is one of them. It feels like he's going to get another one. Uh, Io's the only one to get two, um, which was like in, within a couple of weeks, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 14 days of each other. Uh, Sergio McLean and Mark Smith, 1979. That version of Mark Smith was the only one. So Coleman always is a threat to do that. Uh, any other encouraging performances there, Derek? Let's not forget him. It feels like he's always the last one we mention. The Nico Nuggets? No, we'll get to Nico. Dane Danger. <laughs> Dane Danger. I mean, he should on these trips. The post player's not great. Um, but, man, he's good. <laughs> he's a really good offensive player. He's really good on the glass. There's going to be a lot of double-doubles this season yeah. for, for Dane Danger. And I do think he'll struggle with guys who are a little bit longer than him. Uh, but but he, he looks so good. Like He just looks good getting up and down the court now. The turnovers are my concern with him. Uh, the turnovers and free throws are my concern with him. But you get the ball to him in the post, you get him on the glass, you get him run up and down the court. He's he's a really nice player. Yeah, physically looks very good. You can tell that he's taking another stride there. Uh, and the, just to the endurance, I, I think watching that Valencia game, watching him be able to get up and down, the chase down block that he had uh, that led to a – I think it was a Draven Gibbs-Lawhorn three at the other end. I mean, that's just a play that he's not making last year. He just didn't have that – 
mobility or, or just that that physical endurance to be able to do that. I think his confidence is is really really high. Now, yes, he's supposed to feast in these games. He, based on what we can tell, um, didn't maybe go up against. Pau Gasol, Marcus Gasol over there in Spain. I, he had some real physical ma- mismatches inside. And, I mean, there was one play, a high-low. We talked about it after the Valencia game. Coleman throws it in, and Dane just turns around and dunks on the guy. So uh, I, I really liked what I saw from him. And when you average a double-double in limited minutes, I mean, that's that's definitely good. And, and a guy that should only continue to get better. He's only played one full season in college, so I, I liked what I saw from him too. We say it partly in jest, but go to your Nico Nuggets. There was some good offense from Nico Moretti. There was. I think you gotta you gotta put a dividing line between the offense and the, and decent defensive side of the ball because offensively he looked he looked like he belonged. Like yeah. he was able to make some good decisions with the ball, set some guys up. He le- I think he led the team in assists. When you look at ten assists, points, ten assists to four five turnovers, two to one. Yeah. I'll take that. I'll take it take it he hit a couple of threes I think he looked good he looked like he belonged out there offensively and can set up some other talented scorers or some slashers of the basket like sincere cut off the baseline uh or from the corner to the baseline Nico saw it hit him for a dunk that's Illinois needed more of that last year (laughs) they needed more yeah can I can I I interject sorry to interrupt but the cutting was so much better I can't tell you how often Michael Tupac come out here and say somebody cut somebody cut to the basket like Nico or even Ty with these guys who can slash to the basket whether it's Harmon Hawkins Shannon Harris like there's Gary there's so much athleticism here cut to the basket like make make some move without the ball because there's so much athleticism that you can finish at the rim absolutely yeah and you, you gotta be you gotta have those help defenders who are gonna be in help when they're looking and seeing who has the ball. Like, keep their head on a swivel. Make them actually account for you moving. Otherwise, it's so much easier for them to, to crash into the lane, help on Terrence. And it just it, it helps that ball handler, too. It's, it's, it's a read and react type of thing. Teams that have experienced players, guys that have that know the game, that, that understand certain you know soft spots and defenses, or just have that connection between the ball handler and themselves. Like you think about the I, I go back to that that Kansas State uh, Marquise Noel uh, play where we all thought it was like a deke. He's talking to the sideline and then he throws the lot. I mean, that's just a that's a chemistry play. That's when guys are, are older players that, that know where guys are going to be. And Illinois should, as an older team, be able to do some of that stuff. But uh, offensively, yeah, was good for Nico. Defensively, I wonder who he can guard. Uh, I think that yes, he had a handful of steals. I thought that was great, but he does. He got attacked uh, in that Valencia game. I saw him. Uh, he's not the, the most athletic guard. He's pretty slender. He's got to be able to show he can guard his yard in, in order to be able to, to stay on the court. So uh, I admit, I, I've kind of been a skeptic on, on him being much of a factor this year. I think he's a year away. But I think on this trip, offensively, he showed that he can, yeah. he can come on the court and not hurt you. Uh, defensively, he's got to be able to show that as well, though, to make it a reality. I think that's fair. I think he can. Uh, I think he can hold his own offensively. I think he can help you just breaking down a defense. And if he can make thirty percent of threes, that might be a positive for Illinois. But yeah, defensively, I just don't know if he's going to gain the trust. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. 
Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, question marks, I guess is a way to put it. Just uh, some individual performance that left you going, eh, that's not great. There are a couple areas I could go with this one. Uh, I think I would highlight probably three-point shooting with with a lot of different guys, but uh, I think Quincy Garrier's stat line didn't – I expected more. I expected more from a, a veteran who's played a lot of college basketball, four years of, of high major ball. You look at his shooting percentages, uh, they weren't great. You know, he was – off the top of my head, I, I think he was probably below 40% from the field, 42% from the field, one for five from three, 40% from the line. Like, uh, I expected more out of him. I, I don't think he's going to be a, a high – high scoring type of player night in and night out he might pop up and, and score 12 to 15 on a given night uh i think those that, that have watched him his time at oregon closely or know is are familiar with kind of his his outputs he's he's been inconsistent as a scorer so there's some of that that i think maybe you have to take into account i did like his rebounding uh, i like his physicality but i, I just kind of maybe expect a little bit more in terms of scoring he's supposed to be a a good spot up shooter uh, a guy that's going to offensive rebound, get some putbacks. I just expect a little bit more of a scoring punch, knowing the competition difference between yeah. Illinois and and uh, what they were going up against. Yeah, and you'd like to see him stretch the floor a little bit. I mean, one of five. It's a very small sample size. He makes one more, you feel a little bit better about it. But miss some bunnies around the rim uh, that that would have liked to have seen in that Valencia game. Dre Gibbs Allhorn, we we hype him up a little bit. He looks great in the open practice, and and listen, mm-hmm. they they feel good about him. Uh, 6.7 points per game on 33% shooting. He wasn't shy. Averaged eight shots a game, including 15 against Valencia, which was probably his best game, 12 points and three steals. Uh, two of 12 from three. But, Derek, you've mentioned this guy can be a streaky shooter. I don't think we expect anything less than streakiness from a freshman guard uh, who's been streaky in his career. But he's talented. He will play. But I just think Illinois has got to be able to deal with the ups and downs of him. I think it's a good reminder for everybody who's getting caught up in the hype. Look, look, I understand it. He's very talented. You should be excited about Draven Gibbs Lawhorn. You watch that steel spin move to evade a defender and the windmill against Valencia. Like there, there aren't very many guys that can make that kind of play. So uh, you're glad that he's on your side, but there is the, the freshman like inconsistency. Um, and I, I, I wrote it and he's when to go back to his EYBL last summer and spring he had some highs and lows where during a weekend, he was the MVP of the entire EYBL, shot the cover off of it 40-plus percent from three. Then you go into July, a couple of – you have Peach Jam and then a tournament in, in Kansas City, and he's sub-30% from three. So uh, some of that's just natural in basketball. The, the the lines and averages even out. It's not like somebody is a 40% shooter every time they go into the gym. That Sometimes that's just – some guys are like that, but not, not always. But – uh, I think it's it's one of those situations where yes, he's a freshman. You're going to ride some of the roller coaster. He made some mistakes in, in playing the point guard, and he, he'll learn from. Uh, he's yeah. he's athletic. His athleticism definitely jumps off the screen. I love that. I love his confidence. Uh, I think he's got a chance to make a real impact on this team. It's just going to be some of the some of the bumpy road of, of a traditional freshman, which is why I think highlighting to what we talked about encouraging wise, if Harmon can be more steady. As an older guy, that balances some of that out and allows you to ride that wave uh, through it. I don't know if Lou Goody was a, a huge positive or negative. He, he shot decently the first couple games, three for nine for three. Then we had an 0 for five performance that, that really sunk him there. But he gets off to the glass, uh, and I'm not going to be too concerned about him as a three-point shooter. But you need him to be good. You need him to be closer than 40%. Like If, if somebody's going to be close to 40% from three, it's it's got to be Lou Goody this year. Uh, the other guy I, I would uh, – bring up is sincere harris got a little chucker in him in yeah. this trip at least early in the trip one for five from three then oh for three for three only 
shot one three-pointer in, in the final game. Love Sincere, what he brings. Five steals in the first game, seven rebounds in the second game. Uh, I want confidence because he wasn't confident at all last year. I don't want an overabundance of confidence as a shooter from Sincere. So maybe the trip was like, hey, go shoot. Um, but when it comes game time, I don't know if I want Sincere here shooting five threes. Selective aggressiveness. Yes. That, that's the that's the phrase the I'm using for him on offense. That That's what has to be there. I think open court slashing, absolutely. Yes. Being able to cut off a, a corner and, and, and dunk, he's not having a problem finishing at the rim now. I, I think that's definitely a great thing to see. In terms of, like, trying to create something and pull off, off the dribble, taking some threes that you're probably open for a reason, you just got to have some self-awareness there and understand – I. I do think that there's a chance that they just rolled with it a little bit more on this trip. Yeah. You're in exhibition games. You're letting guys uh, see what they got and, and see if they can just go out there and play and, and find themselves. But uh, Sincere has limitations as a shooter, and that that played itself out. I mean, he took – I think he took the second most shots, if not the third most shots on the team. I think it was second only behind Terrence Shannon. That sh- shouldn't happen. That shouldn't yeah. happen. He shouldn't take five threes in the game. He's got to have some understanding there, but these games don't count, so there there is yeah. that qualifier. But uh, I I do think that he he was someone I was going to point out in this segment as, as someone that needs to just kind of yeah have a feeling of all right, dial it down sometimes transition go for it yes he looked good in transition too remember all the dunks he was missing early in the season like he he, he finished his dunks on this trip all right last guy maybe the most important piece on this team. Ty Rogers, how do we feel about Ty Rogers' trip? You got the the average here, Derek. You did all the math. 8.3 points, 6 rebounds, 2.7 assists, shot 56%, and shot uh, 54% from the free throw line. And last two games, 3 of 4 from the free throw line. So uh, I felt like the first game, a little uneven. Uh, second game didn't start so well, but seemed like he finished well here. He did, yeah. And especially that last game, 5 for 5 from the field. Uh, saw some of the highlights on Twitter of him playing some bully ball, getting a matchup in a, with a guard and throwing a little bit of a shoulder and, and being able to just power through him and finish at the rim. That was something that was a difference in that game versus the Valencia game. I think he was only one of six from the field in the Valencia game, got to the rim, but just didn't finish. And I think that's something that on the whole, you look at the stat line, I think really outside of the free throw percentage, you don't have a big problem with it. Like could the assisted turnover be a little bit better? It was, it was sub two to one it was like 1.6 to one at least it's in the positive side as far as the cisco um i i still think and again we didn't get to watch the full game film of the of the first game or the third game what i saw in the valencia game and, and just kind of still judging off what we witnessed in the open practice still think he's just a little rough around the edges at point car i think some of his stretches even in some of the things i've heard he'll have some really encouraging stretches make good decisions use his body well uh yes you're going to have the the shooting just that that not being a part of his game but then there are other stretches where you just kind of see that maybe playing a little bit too fast I think they want him to play fast in transition and, and slow it down a little bit more in the half core I think there's some of that of him just learning uh, how that goes and, and learning how to operate when he's on the ball as much as he is so uh, I feel pretty overall like if you just ask me how I feel about Ty Rogers I feel good about him as a player him in the point guard role, I, I think it still has to be – it's it's still too early to have a, a definite stance on it. Yeah. But it's a work in progress, for sure. I, I, I agree with how you're wording that um, because I love Ty Rogers, the player. If he's your top point guard, I still got questions about that. I still yep. got questions about that. So, And I think this trip was – Encouraging, on the most part, for Ty Rogers. Is it encouraging for Ty Rogers, the point guard? I'm not sure. Uh, right. I think that's kind of the way to put it. All right, before we get out of here, let's answer a few questions on the live YouTube channel. If you guys got any, we'll try to get to some before you get out of here. Keith asks, do you expect Hawkins to reduce his three-point attempts this year? It's a good question. I think in general, the thinking for Illinois is that we should be a little bit better of a three-point shooting team but we want to take less volume threes and that should also increase our percentage so uh with coleman 
he's turned down it, it's all for me is the quality of shot yes if it's an open catch and shoot in rhythm take it don't hesitate I, i'm good with him taking that every time it's the shot fake off the dribble or step back late in the shot clock that that's the stuff that you want to take out of his game and i, I think if you're able to improve some of that decision making then the percentages will uh, improve some in general he does need to just be more efficient on those catch and shoots but uh i, I don't know I, I could see it being around the same but you would hope the quality of the looks are better in his favor for making them and to be fair to coleman some of the bad shots he took last year is because there wasn't a point guard because Jaden yeah. Epps really was not a point guard um and you just he had the ball at the top of the key and no one's moving and he's like oh I gotta throw it up here uh you need to get rid of those but yeah he shot 132 last year I don't think he needs to shoot more than that, that that's uh for right. a game I don't think he needs to shoot more than that unless he's he's feeling it uh and taking good ones so I, I think he can shoot the same amount just making sure there's more quality. Like, don't pass up the good ones. He did that too many times last year with all those pump fakes people got angry about. Um, but don't take as many fadeaway threes. Uh, I do think he'll still he'll still probably be a streaky guy for yes. three. He'll still be one of those. He'll have a Wisconsin game where he knocks down five or he has you know three or four in one game, and then he'll go 0 for 4, 0 for 5 in a night. Yeah. I just, that's probably how he'll be, but – and you can you can you it's can a little it's a little bit of a flat shot, isn't it? A little bit, yeah. Comparative with like Luke Goody, who's just pretty pretty shot. Uh, Berserker, can you coach around the free throw problem? For instance, only play Ty and Dane in the first ha- of each half, first half of each half. Keep them both out of the game once we have reached the bonus. Can you do that, Derek, with Ty Rogers and Dane Danger, two of your five most important players? I mean, I think late in games you got to have some of that awareness of who you don't want on the floor the last five minutes four or five minutes of a game really probably you could even shorten a little bit more if you're in a position where teams are going to automatically foul you like that's already determined they got a foul you, you want ty and dane off the floor uh in, in terms of the first half of each half i don't i don't think you micromanage it that much i, I do think there is something to be said for playing ty and dane together in general because of three-point shooting and floor spacing and that that type of thing that's why we but, talk about Dane coming off the bench a lot. Yes. And I, I do I do like that, you know, if it's late in a ball game and you throw the ball into to Terrence to go to the line or Damas to go to the line, Luke Goody to go to the line, I, I'd feel good about some of those guys. You just got to make sure that the ball's not in Sincere's hands or Ty's hands or Dane's hands. Uh, and you'd hope that Coleman improves as far as his free throw shooting in case he's the one uh, walking to the line. Another X's nose question for you, Derek Berserker asks, this team seems perfectly set up for a high-low motion offense like Kansas runs. Any chance Bragg goes that route? I mean, I like the high-low dynamic with Coleman and uh, Dane, obviously. I, I do think you could even flip it some where even if Gary A's your four and you've got Coleman at the five, Gary A's going to have some physical matchups against some fours where he could be down low and Coleman's still out high. Domask uh, is a post-up option. Ty is a post-up option. Yeah, that's a good point. Damask, mid-post stuff at SIU, pretty good. Like, he's maybe going to have some matches to threes where he can post up some. Uh, I I think that that's a, a good point. And I'm going to be very curious to see. I think that's something also as you kind of – you reference – I'm not, again, not making excuses or – and I, I'm really not. Uh, I, I think – one context though offensively like when you when you watch the Valencia game there, there's not a lot of there's not no sets you're not running sets you're not getting into your stuff because you don't really have a whole lot in and for me it's like one of the biggest questions of the offseason yes is yes. what does Brad Underwood do how does he scheme this up with the known flaws but with where our real strengths of this team defensively size athleticism uh, physicality how does he scheme this up because we've gone over it the last couple of seasons he's come up with an idea of what they're going to do and then has to scrap it midway through the season because it's not working during non-conference play uh i don't think you have like he's got to get this right like this is there's there's a lot on brad to you built this roster how how are you going to win with it yep absolutely and i'm fascinated to see how he schemes up things in the half court to get guys shots and just try to put players in the right positions but I think the high-low dynamic is definitely something they can play into if they want to utilize that. I think that's a good point. Taylor 
seeing the team as it is now, does getting Ray J make this roster too, quote, busy, unquote? I, w- I wouldn't have a problem with it being busy. Uh, with the no, legit. no, the answer's no. No, uh, no, you you need a really good point guard, and Ray J. Dennis yeah. is a really good point guard who can be dynamic and create for teammates and score. Don't have that. Don't have that on your. Maybe Dre Gibbs Allhorn can be that sometimes. That's going to be inconsistent. Um, no, I I would deal with the fallout of having a Ray J. Dennis busy up everything and potentially make somebody unhappy because he's really good. I'd be busy forecasting Illinois to be a top 15 in the team in the country. That's what I would be doing. That's a good answer. Like you, you look at his assist numbers. His three, he shot 37% from three last year. He, he's exactly what you need and would really – Which is why they he, went after the last Joe piece In terms of this team being like rather complete and checking yeah. pretty much every box. Speaking of point guards, we were talking about Andres Feliz in our Justin Harmon conversation. Chris said, you guys sure do love Feliz. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Did you watch him play? Uh, one of the greatest injustices is not being able to see Andres Felice in the NCAA tournament. Can you imagine if they had Andres Felice against Loyola or if they had Andres Felice against Arkansas or name whatever to Houston? Like, that's what they needed. They, they needed that kind of guy. He's just everything, everything I love in a college, a college basketball guard. He's just toughness, gets to the rim, strong as hell. Uh, he's everything I like in college basketball guards, like the Jacob Poling kind of guys. Mm-hmm. Got that dog in him. That's right. I'll, I'll never forget that Iowa game. That mm. that Super Bowl Sunday Iowa game was a great yeah. battle, and he just rips that ball out of Garza's hands and finishes underneath, and just yeah, a lot of heart in that kid. He's not a kid. He was he was a grown man when he was here. <laughs> grown ass man. Yeah, but uh, yeah, how could you not love him for yeah. sure? Uh, we'll do a two-parter here, and then we'll wrap up. Sante asks, does Luke Goody crack the starting lineup this year? He can. I, I don't think – I still think if you're going through the starting lineup and you're trying to say for sure, it's what? It is uh, – Yeah, and then uh, J- J- then Berserker asks, any thoughts on probable starting lineup this year? TJ Coleman and – Givens, yes. Those are the Givens? Quincy, probably. Yeah. I think. Oh, Ty. Ty over Quincy probably, right? I'd say Ty just based on the way things are stacking up with him at point guard. And then you just you make you make a decision on how you want to play in the front court. Like I think Quincy with Coleman makes the most sense. I like bringing Dane off the bench, especially if you're starting Ty. Uh, I, I, I think it just makes sense. Dane's done it. He's done it well. Um I, I don't think he's going to throw a fit about not starting either because he's going to play as as much as he wants. He's going to be a really key player on this team. Then the question comes, do you want to play Marcus Damask or, or Lou Goody? Um, mm-hmm. And I could see the the argument for, for Marcus Damask with Dre Gibbs-Lawhorn and Dane Danger. That's a lot of offense potentially coming off the bench. Um, if you start Damask, it's a lot of ball handlers, a lot of guys that like to have the ball in their hands, like to create. It's a lot of good passing, but I like having a shooter out there like Luke Goody, a guy that I have no question is going to bring effort, energy right away. I think that's going to be necessary. So I could see I could see the argument for Damask or Goody, but yeah, I think Goody's got a chance. If he was going to really start like he was, uh, Brad Underwood said he was going to last year. Why Can would we address he... that? Yeah, do you believe it? <laughs> Not really. No. <laughs> like. If you if you look at the starting lineup against Kansas, I, I think if I remember correctly, uh, Shannon was the point guard. It was Shannon, Goody, uh, Meyer, Coleman, and what would that have been Dane, or maybe RJ was in there instead of instead yeah. of Dane. I think it was Coleman, RJ. Anyways, Sky, you need to start a point guard. I don't I don't think you were going to start TJ at point guard. Yeah, I couldn't even remember if Meyer was healthy enough to play, but yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, I don't think Goody – that's just my opinion. I, I, I think he was saying that because it, it sounded good and he was he was rewarding Luke, right? He was rewarding yeah. Luke, but listen, I don't think – if Luke Goody starts, I don't think he's playing 20 minutes. I, right. I, I think Marcus Domas probably plays more minutes than him. But if, I think with this team, we talk about the depth and we talk about the weaknesses. It's going to be really important for rotations. Rotations is more important than starters. Like, I think Dane Danger is going to be a top three or four player on this team, but – I think he might be used best coming off the bench, kind of like, you know, Purdue did a couple years ago with uh, – Trevion Williams. Yeah, Trevion Williams. 
Yeah, no, that's a really good point. That's something to evaluate, just how they see the mask with maybe, maybe that provides a nice ball handling option when you throw in Gibbs Lawhorn, maybe as your backup point guard, and that settles him a little bit because you because Damask is a, a very good secondary creator and passer and whatnot. I think your best – my projected starting five when I gave a couple months ago, and I, I still think it might be your best overall lineup is is Ty, Terrence, Damask, Garrier, and, and um, Coleman. I think but, that's your closing lineup. I think that's your closing lineup for sure. I think Domask and, and Berserker's – I think Domask is a better overall player than Luke Goody, but it's just is he better used in that second group off the bench, and then you figure it out after there if you want to start a yep. game well. Because let's be honest, like Illinois doesn't usually start games well the last couple of years either. So figuring out that rotation I think is really important with this group. Yep. Good to have options. Good yeah. to continue to be able to let that internal competition spill all over into the fall and – Hopefully you got Goody and Damas shooting it well because if you don't, you don't really have enough Fire. pop from beyond the arc. That's correct. All right, Derek. Uh, you thought this was going to be like 30, 40 minutes. Of course, we go about an hour as we usually do. Thanks for the 100-plus people that were with us on the YouTube live stream. Hit the like button on the way out. We appreciate you guys watching us live on the YouTube channel. Um, hit the like button, of course. Subscribe to us there and uh, hit the notifications bell as well. If you're listening on the Old School Podcast, you can give us a follow, rating, review, wherever you get your podcasts as well. Derek Piper, thank you, buddy. An hour of basketball chat in August. It's what we do, man. Enjoyed it. It's always fun. All right, everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Enquirer Podcast. Bye, everybody.